You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, we give you thanks for this warm, dry place in the midst of a cold, wet day to come and receive your word and your precious gifts at the altar to engender and sustain our faith. Bless us, O Lord, with attention. Let us set aside every distraction, every anxiety, and focus now upon the gift that you are giving us. We ask it, O Lord, in the name of the giver of all good gifts, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, it's October, and October to me is always Reformation Month. Reformation Sunday doesn't come till the end of the month, but as soon as we hit October, I start looking forward to Reformation Sunday and, and uh, begin thinking about watching the Luther movie and all the things that we do during this month. Um, and uh, that's why I've got my, this is my Reformation stole. This was sewn for me by, uh, by Ian's godmother at my ordination. And so I've got it up here to, to decorate my little visual. See, this is, this is bonus material this morning. You get a visual aid for my sermon. Um, but, you know, when, when the Reformation came along, I, I, I think of it as Reformation Month, but when God gives me this reading from Habakkuk to start the month, I'm like, oh yeah, it's on. Because while the Reformation got famous... The famous slogan of the Reformation, I should say, became Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We are saved by grace through faith that none may boast. It was this passage from Habakkuk that kicked off the Reformation. As Luther sat alone in his study and wrestled with his own anxiety, wrestled with his conscience, wrestled with the word of God, wondering if he would ever do enough to please the God he had learned about. He came across this passage, the righteous shall live by faith. And he was reborn. He was reborn, for he knew suddenly that Christendom over the years had drifted and had flipped everything topsy-turvy. See, the, the Europe into which Luther was born and in which he had his initial formation was not all that different from this piece of charcoal. The Black Death had blackened Europe. A third of the population had died. And in the midst of Enough anxiety, like I think about how much anxiety COVID created for us and that affected, that, that killed about 0.35% of the population. 
in the midst of the anxiety of one-third of all the people dying, the church was saying to people, be really, really good and maybe God will give you a break. And so people's souls were as dark, their hope as dark as this piece of charcoal. And so, as the word of this insight that Luther had, that the, the righteous shall live by faith, and that doesn't just mean that someday, in the sweet by and by, we'll get into heaven because we believed in Jesus. It means that faith would be the generating energy for all of life. The trust we had in Jesus would not just ensure our eternal destiny, it could give birth to seemingly crazy activities in a life that was nasty, brutish, and short. Acts of generosity and love that, for which the early church was famed. The early church would go into the plague-ridden parts of the city. The cities that had been cordoned off and a whole section was just condemned. Everybody there was going to die of the plague. And with no guarantee that they wouldn't get the plague, the Christians would go into those quarters and minister to the dying and care for the sick who might recover. What could give birth to crazy acts of faith like that was a life lived from faith. It's like faith is the fuel in the car that keeps it going. And the church had somehow lost track of that. As the news of what Luther had discovered began to spread, it was like a flame that caught tinder. I don't know if you can hear that back there. This charcoal we use a lot on Wednesday nights. But it's covered with gunpowder to make it light fast. <laughs> That's why you see it sparking up here like fireworks. There it goes. <laughs> but you know what? After all that flare and spark, it's still cold. I can still hold it with my hand. And of late, a lot of people have felt like the children of the Reformation are like that. For all the spark and flame and the upheaval that the Reformation caused, it feels like maybe the children of the Reformation don't have enough gas in their tank to respond to their cultural moment. Like Habakkuk, the great prophet of the exile, who struggled and said, God, the wicked surround the righteous. And had to be reassured that God will fulfill His promises in the fullness of time and that you should still live by your faith. We wonder, what now should we do? How now should we live? In the words of Francis Schaeffer. Because that, that energy to live, that energy to live by faith, to let faith give birth to our life and our actions, it's a hard thing. I mean... It's never really been easy to follow Jesus. Let's be clear about that. We may think to ourselves, oh, the world's so different now and it's so much harder to follow Jesus. It was never hard, never easy to follow Jesus. Can you imagine hearing this first speech by Jesus that we just heard? 
Okay, if they mess up seven times the same way in the same day, but they say, I'm sorry, forgive them. Really? <laughs> Do you think that's ever been easy? Do you think it's ever been easy to turn your eyes away from that attractive person and not just with your body, but in your heart, stay faithful to your spouse? Has it ever been easy in a world characterized by sickness and famine to be generous, not just with the extra you have, but with the main stuff you have? Trusting that the Lord will provide this daily bread that we need. It's never been easy. But we've never had to do it under our own power. A key insight of the Reformation was that even faith, far from being the first work you do for God, even faith was a gift from God. The gift of the Holy Spirit that when you hear the gospel spoken gives birth to this thought that maybe I should trust this Jesus character. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And not only is faith a gift of the Holy Spirit and a direct gift of God in that way, but it's a gift of God through all the people God motivates in your life to share His message with you. For Timothy, it was his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. You can imagine them taking... This is going to be, you understand, St. Paul's successor. (laughs) Because Paul's not coming back from prison, folks. (laughs) But at some point, his grandmother and his mother told him the story of Jesus. They brought him to the worship of the church. They taught him to receive the, the, the weird bowing and the reading of the Bible. It's not just a reading of an old book, but a reading of the word of the Lord, as we say at the end of the readings. Taught him to come to the table and receive that bread and that wine as a precious gift of God's own self. Taught him the pattern of sound words. Folks, that means the creed. Just letting you know. <laughs> That's exactly what, that word, what those words mean. Not the creeds we say, but the creeds they said. Learning to receive all of this as a gift of God. Each one of those people in Timothy's life, each one of those people in your life, who taught you? Who introduced you to the life of Christ's body and the life of Christ himself? All these things were given as a gift. And they were motivated by God working in the lives of those people who gave them to you. And so to respond to a moment when, well, Timothy's mentor is about to be executed. (laughs) To respond to a, a moment when the church was persecuted, as it often was through those first three centuries. To respond to a moment like Habakkuk experienced when the people of God were in exile in Babylon. To respond to a moment like our own, where it's Not as easy as once it was to live by our convictions. Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame 
the gift that has been given to you. Take that little bit of sparking faith and blow on it. And there are practical ways to do this. We, we join a Bible study. We sit and talk at the social hour with our Christian brothers and sisters and share with them the difficulties on our heart and ask for their input and their wisdom. We come regularly to the services of God's house so we can hear the news that we need to hear as much as anyone outside the church needs to hear it. The news that we haven't measured up, but the news that Christ measures up for us, that we might begin to live with courage of faith. That faith can give birth to actions that seem crazy in the eyes of the world, but are blessed in the eyes of God. And we need never be ashamed to take those actions or to speak our faith, for we know in whom we have trusted, and His promise will come true in the fullness of time. I mentioned that we use uh, these little charcoal briquettes on, on um, Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday night we sing, um, Let your prayer rise before me, as a, let, let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. That's Psalm 141. And um, this is a piece of incense. I don't know if you know what incense is. It's tree sap. <laughs> it's been dried in the sun. It's pretty, it, it's like a pebble. When you step on it, it hurts. It's not too exciting. Um, it's just like a lot of the things in this world. It looks pretty ordinary. You put it on a cold piece of charcoal, like the back of this piece is, it doesn't do much. But if the charcoal has been fanned into flame, if the heat is hot, that same piece of charcoal, same piece of incense when it falls on the, on the briquette, begin to smolder and smoke. And the fragrance that rises up will be pleasing. We'll draw our attention toward God as we watch the visual of that smoke rising. Now, I'm not putting enough in here to smoke you all out. Normally you use a scoop. Okay, so you're getting one grain. But enough to see. Enough to see what one small, seemingly ordinary nugget can become when it touches a hot flame. So the things of this life, whether it be our money or our marriage, our relationship with our children or our co-workers. Those things, when they touch a faith that has been fanned into flame, they can become works of faith, acts of faith that are a pleasing aroma in the nostrils of our God, that bless the world as we learn to live more and more like the Christ in whom we trust. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you have accomplished all that needs to be accomplished. 
You have trampled down death and you have set for us an example of how to live. Instructed us how to live. Lord, we know, as you said in today's reading, that we are unworthy servants, but we know too that you delight in the service we give. Help us to fan our faith into flames. Help us to adopt practices and disciplines that one time every day we pause to pray or a moment in your scripture, attention and time with friends, worship in your house that our faith may truly be fanned into something hot enough to drive the engine of our lives. So our work's done not not to gain a, a blessing, but because we are already blessed, may go out into this world and glorify you. We ask this, O Lord, in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. 